there, neighbors. Welcome back to The Next Town Over. I'm Carson Costa, and I'm here with my co-host, Nicole Bennett. Hi. Today, we're interviewing a friend of ours, Maya Savage. She is a jazz vocalist and voice coach from Croatia and currently living in Paris, and she rocks that hometown tourist thing we were talking about back in episode five. We're going to dive deep into Croatian culture, get the scoop on global music mashups, and hear firsthand what it's like to move to a new country. It's a big episode, so without further ado... Hi, Maya. Hello, everybody. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Happy to see you both. I know. We were so excited. We were so glad that we were able to make this work and meet up with you. Yeah, that was really good synchronicity. Especially since we're both here just for a few days that just matched up. Yeah, without planning. Yes. It was divinely orchestrated. The stars aligned. The stars aligned. Yeah. It was really great meeting you when we were living in Zagreb last summer because... Thanks to you, we saw more of the area than I think we would have otherwise. Like going to Vrajdin. Yeah, and it was my first time too, so it was super fun to discover it with you. <laughs> yeah, and we had a great time there. Yeah, at and the... it was a nice festival. I actually wanted to go there every year, but mm-hmm. every year I teach on an island at that same time, so I never could. So this yeah. was the first time I was able to do it, so... Right. It was really cool. Yeah. And so it's voice lessons on the island, right? Yeah. 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 Jazz workshop. <laughs> which island is it that you... It's uh, Brach. Brach, which yeah. I've heard a lot about Brach. I think that's a really, really popular tourist destination, right? Yeah. It, and it's magical. It's yeah. really, really beautiful place. I always love coming back there. And it seems like you've been doing a lot of things like that, that like our trip to Vrajdin with the day trips and short weekend trips to nearby mm-hmm. places. I love road trips. Yeah, yes. actually. So I love to go around and explore different places. And to visit the nearby cities and like mm-hmm. Samabar and all of those, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of cute places around. So yeah, it's always fun to discover. Even though I've lived here most of my life, I, there's always something to discover. So yes. it's always fun to go. What do you enjoy most about that kind of travel? I love road trips in general yeah. because uh, I love spontaneous trips, basically. I love the fact that I can just sit in my car and just pick a random place and just go. I normally don't don't even explore anything in advance. Mm -hmm. I like to know as little as possible when I travel because I like to discover, I like to be surprised, I want to meet uh, the cultures or people and just see what comes up. So I just pick a place that maybe I heard something but I don't know much about and uh, I love road trips because you, if you see something on the road, you can just stop and, you know, make a turn. And I don't like right. things being too planned and structured, you know, so that's right. kind of my thing. <laughs> that's a great thing about road trips, just being able to stop whenever you want. I know yeah. on the bus over here, mm-hmm. Nicole mentioned, what did you see on the side of the... Yeah, there was just, I don't it was some small town, but there was a bar that was absolutely packed with people on a Wednesday night and I just thought that was really fun it's, it felt so Croatian to me that they're like yeah we know it's a work day your point I think if we were driving it would have been hey let's stop and check this out yeah. but we weren't we were on the bus so yeah like can you drop us off yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> excuse me can we just take a pause <laughs> yeah but even if I go like to the coast I, I actually like to take the old roads not yeah. the highway because I like to take my time you know and just have a really chill drive and even mm-hmm. when I was driving to, I was driving to Paris 
with my cat alone. And that was a whole other adventure, (laughs) man. (laughs) And I somehow picked on Google Maps the road without highway and tolls. Nice. So I was like going through mountains, through villages. I I have no idea where I've been, but it was really, really nice. I discovered so many beautiful places. I totally agree. You should, I love checking that box to go off the highways mm-hmm. and the no tolls because I you see everything up close yeah. and personal and it's yeah. great. And yeah. you can stop and yes. check it out. Yeah, <laughs> love that. So what have some of your favorite day or weekend trips, like short trips been? In Croatia. Yeah, in Croatia. I love going to Samobor, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, now there was this carnival thing happening a few days ago. I love it. It's super cute. Uh, it's very charming and you have the famous cake kremšnita which you have to try it's a creamy cake Ooh. really yummy <laughs> i love discovering ruins all ancient cool. sites and there is this castle ruined castle on the top so you can have a little hike 15 20 minutes hike and have a really Beautiful. nice view there's a small river passing through the town i mean just Beautiful. so charming like oh. really charming place and people are nice i find that when you get out of the city but close to zagreb you will find really more friendly people, I think, uh, because then it's more city. slowed down, and I, I think they welcome new people. Right. And a lot of people who live in Zagreb go to Samoborov on the Sunday morning just for coffee or lunch or so. It's stroll. a quick trip from Zagreb. It's right? a quick trip. It's like I think it's less than half an hour. Very cool. I mean, it takes it you north? like uh, I think northwest. Northwest. Okay. It takes you like maybe 15 minutes to get out of the city, 20. So then it's super short too. Depends on the traffic, obviously. Uh, There are more people over the weekend, but if you go during this during the week, week. it's more chill. And actually, yeah, Varazdin was a nice discovery. I remember going there a long time ago, Varazdin and Chakovitz. The two cities that are nearby, they're both really beautiful. And different, This it's a different architecture, it's more like Baroque style, kind of similar to Zagreb, but uh, slightly different. I think it was more influenced uh, f- by the Hungarian culture, because right. it's closer to the Hungarian border. I found Whereas that, like Zagreb is more Aust- Austrian. Like. Right. I found that very interesting in Croatia, that there's definitely different areas that seem to be influenced by different cultures like i feel like on the coast it's almost more italian it vibes is, yeah. yeah because on the coast uh, most of dalmatia was under Ven- venice right for like three centuries so there's a right. lot of influences and roman times yeah we have different there were a lot of because our country is kind of on the way to the middle east actually right so um it's a it's a crossing. It was a crossing path for many cultures over the centuries. So we were exposed to many different cultures, and a lot of them influenced our culture and language and yeah. a lot of things. So yeah, it's visible. It's really cool that that meshing and merging of the cultures. There's a lot of history. Yeah, I wanted to ask you about growing up in Zagreb. I did you feel like you're growing up in a big city? No, I I think Zagreb, especially now that I live in Paris. I mean, Zagreb is not that big. Like, it's really actually a small town compared to some cities. Um, And I, growing up here, I felt really safe. And I still feel very safe here. Um, Again, comparing to Paris, uh, where in some areas it really 
does not feel safe. I really appreciate the fact that I can just walk in the middle of the night drunk. If, right. I, if I'm drunk, <laughs> I, I don't have to worry. Nobody will attack me. Yeah. You know, like I can literally walk home. So like that's something I really appreciated right. always. And when I was a kid, I always felt it was a safe space yeah. and it was really fun. I really have happy memories from my childhood. Yeah. So were you able to just kind of wander the city fairly freely as a child? My parents were not that no. <laughs> liberal. <laughs> I mean, uh, you know, I was a cute little girl, like yeah. blonde, and I think they were a little bit terrified. I was always sure. super protected and they really did not give me a lot of freedom. So <laughs> it was really more my neighborhood. Yeah. But I, we were like kids uh, from the like neighborhood. We were hanging out in like courtyards in the oh. parks, hang, like climbing trees and stuff. Right. <laughs> yeah. So um, it was fun. Yeah. And the city center is not far. So when I was a little bit older, I was able to, of course, wander in the city center, yeah. but uh, which is basically like the most interesting part of Zagreb. Yeah, I, I, the city center is definitely, it's cool and it's bustling and there's fun bars and stuff up there. And I know we really enjoyed hanging out in that area. Yeah, and the old sure. town, I love. It's my favorite part. Yes, yeah. I love so. that it goes sort of, there's this hill up and it just gets... I don't it, it feels like a completely different world almost. I feel like I time travel every time I go there because yeah. it reminds me of old Zagreb, which was more cultured, I want to say, because uh, it was a different kind of crowd. I feel that changed over the years, but it was, yeah, more, I don't even know how to say that in English, but yeah, more cultured, I guess. Yeah. Time I get uh, go there, I get transferred in time. Yeah. And it was really funny, actually, one summer, I noticed some uh, people dressed in old clothes from different centuries. Oh, how cool. <laughs> as as writers, as famous Croatian writers. And I was like, wait a minute, is that Matos? Like, he's a famous poet and he was dead. He's been dead. And I'm like, that was so funny. And they basically so cool. hired actors to walk around the old town. So you really have a feeling like you're in a different time. And they wow. would say hi to you. They would say servus which was the old way of saying hello. Right. And I'm like, wow, that's so that's crazy. So cool. That is so yeah, cool. Yeah, I know. I really like that. It seems like there's a lot of cool little mm. events and things in Zagreb that just yeah. sort of, I don't know, we never had any way of knowing what was going on, but we would go out and something would be happening and we would be like, this is very cool. There's always some sort of artsy event or something going on. Yeah, it is mm -hmm. true. Like, I actually personally always thought it was a little bit boring because uh, there's not as many things going on as in bigger cities. Sure. But if you look for it, you can always find something. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. And that's why I like to hang out with foreigners here because I also like to explore. And, and oftentimes, you know, from the digital nomad group that we yeah. were in, uh, people would be suggesting places that I wouldn't have even thought about. And I'll be like, right. oh, yeah, that's a cool idea. Why not? Yes. <laughs> you know? So. Yeah. Which is something we were talking about a few episodes ago. Uh, we call it hometown tourism, where mm -hmm. you try to look at your hometown through the eyes of a tourist. Yeah. And, and so I've always loved that. Actually, I always like to explore even my city. Right. And there was a really interesting discovery that I had a few years ago. You would not believe this, but there in the town, um, not far from here, actually, there are 12 lakes. 12 lakes. Plitvis lakes or no? In the city. In the city. A few minutes from here. Really? There's 12. I know. I what? didn't know either. I'm pulling up a map. <laughs> I will show you. Yeah. That I was shocked. So cool. My friend took me there and I was like, what? I've been living here for decades. 
Where did nobody, these come nobody from? Nobody told me about yeah. this. So something that we talk a lot about <laughs> a lot on the podcast is neighbors. And, and we talk about, know. you know, na- international neighbors and looking at the world as our neighborhood. And so I was wondering, how do Croatians feel about neighbors? Like, do you go out of your way to make friends with your neighbors? Or do Croatians typically not really pay much attention to their neighbors? Uh, like, uh, in a building or... Yeah, in a building not or like in a neighborhood. Countries. No, like your, your immediate neighbors. Uh, yeah, I think people get to know their neighbors. I think yeah. we are, we are, we have always a sense of a community, especially mm-hmm. if you're in villages, which is most of the country is not mm-hmm. actually urban. Yeah. We only have several big cities, but big, I mean, not really big, <laughs> big enough. several cities. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but then we have a bunch of, uh, little towns, small towns mm-hmm. and villages. And of course, uh, people know each other. Of course, not everybody's super friendly. So sure. there are always exceptions, you know, that people don't want to. But yeah, you kind of have to be involved, anywhere. even with the like. In a, I live in a building here, mm-hmm. so uh, we have as a, like tenants, uh, we have meetings, you know, to make decisions about the building. So you kind yeah. of have to be somewhat involved. involved. Yeah, right. Mm. It's always good to have friendly relations with your neighbors. Yes, because um, yeah, yeah. And we healthy. were excited. We made friends with our neighbors and. The last Airbnb we were living at. Nice. So that was fun. We yeah, it's cool. Got together yeah. at the moment. I mean, they were fellow Americans, but still. We put <laughs> yeah. in the effort. We made we friends. For sure. Yeah. Uh, what were some of your favorite meals as a child? I will say there was definitely one thing that I always liked and I still love. And I moved to a country where it's on every corner. <laughs> These are crepe. Uh, crepe, crepe yeah. Say. Yeah. Um, yeah, crepe, I mean, my yeah. God, but sweet. Um, right. And then when I was a little bit older, <laughs> this is not, this is not typical food. Okay. okay. <laughs> because this is about, this is something that a lot of us, even as adults, we mm. eat. And it's actually baby food called okay. chocolino. Okay. It's like something you mix with milk, but even like my, like older people, like a generation, my generation and not just kids, it's for stuff. kids, but okay. it's, we all eat <laughs> chocolino. It's like one thing that I always have to bring to, from, to Paris because it's Very like, cool. my... so is it like a powder? That... Yeah. Okay. Kind of. Like, kind yeah. of. Yeah. Huh. Very cool. Yeah. We all love it. Um, so mostly sweet stuff. The Croatian traditional food was never kind of my favorite. Mm. And what are kind of some of the traditional things that people cook at home? Uh, meat and potatoes. I mean, <laughs> like, uh, it's not my food, as I say, yeah. so I don't really know. Like a typical thing in wintertime, which I did like, actually, was mm. sarma. And sarma. that was, uh, I think, from Turkey originally brought. Okay. There was a lot of Turkish recipes. Right. Um, it's like uh, leaves of sour cabbage. Um Filled with minced meat and I think rice or maybe just minced meat. And then it's served with potatoes that are boiled with the skin. And uh-huh. then you peel the skin and you... It's mash really them. yummy. Yeah, mash them. Um, so when I start... That good. It's really good. And, and some... It's more in Serbia, but I'm half Serbian actually. Mm-hmm. So we actually also put sour cream on the side mm-hmm. as a mix. Uh, it might be weird, actually, but it's so good. 
when I stopped eating meat, actually, I was so worried. I, I was really bummed out that I was not going to be able to eat sarva yeah, anymore. Yeah. <laughs> so my mom uh, actually made a vegetarian one. So I kept Aww. eating it. <laughs> yeah. And actually traditional more food is, again, I think from, from Middle East, like uh, probably from Turkey, chabapcici, like the little oh. pieces of minced meat, yeah. like different kinds of meat minced together. Um and there's like brudette also, which is like kind of a soupy fish dish with codfish. We oh. make that for um, Christmas. Oh, oh, so fish dish for Christmas. For Christmas. Mm-hmm. Christmas Eve, I think. No, Christmas Eve and then on Christmas Day, turkey, I guess. Oh. Okay. So it's like a, fi- a codfish that is dry, but they cook it for a long time, I guess, with yeah. potatoes and some veggies. That's really interesting because that's very different from what's traditional in the United States. It's yeah. pretty much just the turkey, I think. Yeah, and ham. Ham. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. that's very cool. In France, also, they eat fish on yeah. uh, Christmas, I think. Interesting. So, yeah. yeah we spent this Christmas with my German relatives, and they uh, told us that they do, it's traditional in Germany to do fondue for Christmas. Okay. So I did not know that. Yeah, <laughs> either. So how much do you think people outside of Croatia know about your country? I think actually more than I thought okay. because Croatia I and I have to unfortunately give credit to football mostly. Oh. Because we always end up in the top 3. Right. On whether it's Euro or like Mundial, like the World Cup. It's we are all we have a really good team, so we are always in top three, and so people know that's the first thing that people know about Croatia. Oh, good football players, you know, yeah. and we are very, very proud of that. Um, and second thing, of course, tourism. I think more and more people now know that it's like a hidden gem somewhere in Europe, yeah. and uh, because before we used to have like our neighboring countries. As tourists, mm-hmm. like, you know, uh, Austria, Germany, Hungary, Italy, Polish, Czech, all people uh, would come from the neighboring countries to Croatia before. Right. These were our tourists, regular yeah. tourists. But now, in the past several years, we've been seeing people from South America, from United States, from Asia, from like really different parts of the world. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I think it's now being advertised quite a bit. Yeah, yeah, more and more people are finding out about it. Mm. Yeah, Yeah, even Zagreb, before, Zagreb was usually empty in the summertime. Like, because uh, people in Zagreb would go to the coast for the summer. So it was pretty empty. But again, last few years, we've been seeing a lot of tourists coming to Zagreb, which I would be, I was always surprised, like, but there's nothing happening. (laughs) But because of that... uh, things started happening. So now yeah. we have like summer festivals and stuff. Yeah. So it's not boring. Yeah. So it's, it's which nice. that's part of why we came to Zagreb during the summer is because we both were like, Oh, the coast is going to be way too crowded. It is. And yeah. so we figured, and I was looking at Zagreb online doing some research and I was like, this is actually a really cool city. You guys have so many museums here and like okay. <laughs> there's like 60 museums or something. And I remember when um, everyone started coming back from the coast because suddenly the very quiet, you know, calm city, not too many cars or traffic or any of that. And suddenly people everywhere traffic cars, jams, traffic jams. <laughs> yeah. and we're like wait what happened in <laughs> like, september right yeah. yeah it was like right before we left that all of a sudden there just were people everywhere <laughs> yeah because school starts yeah and so a lot of them have to come back yeah, yeah. yeah. i just remember we got here and we're like oh wow this is cool and then yeah come september and the 
throngs of people just mm. came back. And we're like, oh, well, time for us to leave. Yeah. yeah. As there's more and more tourists coming from more and more places, do you think that's a good thing? I personally think it's a great thing, but yeah. I'm I miss multicultural environment mm. here because it's very homogenic. And I think it's really good to expose people here to other cultures because they're very close-minded. A lot of mm. people are, and they're afraid of the unknown. Right. Majority, I have to say. Okay, in Zagreb, I think less, but in some other places, uh, they have not traveled. They don't know other cultures. So I think it's really good for them to get to know other cultures, get to know different kinds of people, and just kind of, uh, yeah, open their mind a bit. Yeah. And one other thing that... I find this very, very good. Uh, I've started noticing a few changes because in the restaurant industry, mm-hmm. because uh, as a vegetarian, almost vegan person, it's very hard for me to eat in restaurants. Right. Usually they had just maybe two or three options, which I would never, ever cook for myself. Mm-hmm. And I'm so glad that now they're adapting because they have to, because a lot of foreigners are also vegan and vegetarian and right. they're asking for like normal meals that we would actually eat. Yeah. Um, so you have like stir fries and like and Buddha bowls and stuff, which we did not have before. Uh, so I'm glad that uh, Croatian people are adapting uh, their menus to yeah. the demand because uh, obviously we live from tourism. Most of our income, most of the profit sure. comes from tourism. So they, if they wanted to succeed, they need to make some adjustments. And so for me, and for the country, I think it's it's, uh, it's a good thing, yeah. Uh, on that note, what can tourists do to get a, on the good side of Croatians? What's some you know good manners or etiquette that the tourists can follow to help the transition? Uh, interesting question. Uh, I think it's maybe for the tourists to understand Croatian people better that we are we don't always smile like we're not like hey cheerful all the time so i mean depends on where you go of course but some people are not so smiley just to not get offended maybe and just still like understand that we are not like very honest very direct mm-hmm. and um I mean, I don't know what your your experience was. Of course, uh, people are definitely changing their behavior. But that's the most common thing that I hear from foreigners who come here because they feel like they offended the, you know, the the shop assistant, you know, or something. And they're just having a bad day and they will act as if they're having a bad day. They're not going to smile for you. Right. Right. So, um just um you know be simple don't make too many demands you know um yeah i'll learn a few words in creation i guess it's funny that you note the the not smiling thing when my parents came to visit us that was one thing that really bothered them they're like yeah people don't smile like i'll no. smile and wave at people and no they're not they don't respond and i'm like yeah that's just kind of how it is here and they go oh weird (laughs) it is is weird like it was really refreshing for me to go to france a lot of people comment how the french are very rude i find they're not because wherever i go they're like smiling at me and like bonjour and i'm like oh my god this is so nice (laughs) are you saying hello to me just random people on the street like here like who are you why are you talking to me they're just they're not gonna pretend you know they're like like they're just gonna be real you know so which is kind of cool but at the same time a little bit oh come on can you just make a little effort here yeah Um, i appreciate the not smiling thing sometimes i make eye contact and i don't know what to do with my face i like that here i just ignore it 
Go back today. Yeah, just ignore it. But also, you know, like I've seen in the States in some parts that, you know, people order like different complex coffees, like mm. uh, uh, mocha, foam, no, like old milk, like a lot of yeah. demands. Here, if you do that, they will like, no. Like, <laughs> they're going to look at you like, yeah, like a simple coffee. Here's your cappuccino, yeah. be on your way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're not going to like. Come on, this, yeah. we don't do that. Uh, we don't have that option. Yeah. Don't expect uh, things to be like in your country. Just be open to the experience and just go with it. <laughs> right. And Croatians seem to really love their coffee, too. Oh, yeah. We're oh, like yeah. big coffee nation. Like, yeah. Coffee is like our thing. It was really interesting in Paris, like when people come over to my house and when you come to someone else's house, mm-hmm. people always offer you tea, not oh. coffee. In Croatia, always coffee. Right. Like, only coffee. I mean, maybe someone will offer you tea, but it's it's very weird if you don't offer coffee. Yeah. And for me, it's like, I drink, we drink, I think, um, three, four coffees a day. But it's more of a ritual. We sit and, um, like, it's not in, like in Portugal and Italy, mm-hmm. people stand and drink coffee really quickly. Right. Not us. We sit for like three hours and drink one cup of coffee, two cups of coffees, and just it's like an excuse to hang out and chat and just enjoy the you know chill time. We were stunned by that when we got here. That like we would go to a cafe to get a coffee, thinking, oh, we'll sit for an hour and like luxuriate and drink our coffee. And there were people that were there when we arrived and they were still there when we left like yeah. two hours later we were like what is happening <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I found a statistic um there are four thousand five hundred cafes in zagreb alone yeah we How many? cafes four thousand five hundred that is one cafe per 177 people yeah we, we love our coffee <laughs> and they yeah. all function just fine because every, like yeah yeah when we wow. lived here we easily had three or four cups of coffee in different places yeah yeah that yeah. <laughs> also yeah, the cafe bar yeah. that you guys have here is something i had never seen before where it's a cafe during the day and then it just kind of becomes a bar at night food is not included <laughs> you don't yeah i remember you said yeah. that uh yeah it's not common i think that's related to a law uh, because by law you have to choose one or the other so a lot of people can survive just having coffee like a mm. ca- cafe like a coffee place because they have people who will come day and night but um right. but yeah not everybody will opt for a restaurant as well because yeah. that requires more permits more regulations and it's just more complicated i think anyway right. i'm not that familiar yeah. but i imagine it's something like that well, it's just the I, the combination of the ca- the cafe bars that fascinates me because in the states those are very separate things. Interesting. So it it was I think that's something really cool here is that you can drink your coffee and when you get tired of that just start drinking wine or you <laughs> yeah. know whatever. Yeah, just stick around. Just stick you around. Can, you can start with the rakia in the morning. Yeah. You can, yeah, yes. rakia. Which that's the other thing that I was startled by was we would go to a cafe at a cafe bar at ten in the morning to get coffee, and somebody is sitting there with like a beer or rakia or whatever. We're like it's never too early. Wow. Man. <laughs> it is for me, but like oh, some yes. people. Oh, sometimes it was uh, interesting. I would walk in on in the middle of the day on a Monday, mm-hmm. and especially if it's a nice day, everybody's sitting out in cafes and drinking coffee. And I just stop and wonder 
wait, we have some issues here. People say they don't have money and nobody's working here. Like everybody yeah. just like enjoying the sunshine yeah. and having coffee for hours. Yeah. Because yeah. that's what's important. I think they say, I think that would apply as the same thing in Italy, dolce far niente. Dolce far... The sweetness of doing nothing. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Hey, I learned something in Italy, okay? You learned something in Italy. How okay. to do nothing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, we have that too. So, Anna, this might be kind of a difficult question for you, but what's a common misconception about Croatians? One thing that um, I, I mean, I understand that, I mean, not many people know where Croatia actually is. Mm-hmm. Uh, I kind of, it's not that I don't like, but... I, I find strange uh, that, but it's okay, you know, not everybody knows history and like culture and whatever. People think that we are close to Russia and they call us Eastern Europeans. Hmm. Whereas in fact, we are South, uh, no, South Slavs. South, uh, because you have three Slavic groups, uh, East, West and South. Uh, Yugoslavia, the name of our former union. Right. It means South Slavia, South Slavia. We are actually the Southern tribe because, and also we are closer to Italy. I mean, we're right next to Italy and Austria and Hungary. Yeah. And so we don't really relate to Russia and like Eastern European countries. Mm -hmm. And I mean, we have the same like roots of the language and some similarities in culture, but we grew up in really different environments because the Soviet Union was a really different a system than what we had we right. lived in socialism but it, it was really different it was not the same thing so uh i wouldn't want to compare it to that and we really do not know we don't speak russian yeah we don't uh, i mean in serbia they did learn russian in the school but they're closer on that side but for for us we learn we really relate uh, we relate more to like italy and yeah. actually germany we that's we study italian german and french in school and English, obviously. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, we like, um, I'm not like, or pe- I don't feel, I feel weird when people say that Connected I'm Eastern with, European. Yeah, I was like, Russia. we're close to Italy, so we're kind of not really that old. We're not that far East. <laughs> yeah, like, would you call yeah. Italy like yeah. Eastern, like uh, uh, Eastern European country? No. no. Um, but we're on the same, like, we're really across. Yeah, well, I think that a lot of people don't realize how that Italy sort of swoops to the east as it sticks out into the Mediterranean. So, yeah, as far as you're thinking, like, vertically, I think Croatia does kind of, like, line up with the bottom of the boot, doesn't it? Because the boot swoops way out. So We we actually end before the boot. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, before the heel of the boot. Yeah. And that's just, like, the coastal line, so... um... Right. So that's, that's why really that's, that's that's the weird part for for me anyway. I can't say for other people. Yeah. I guess. Um, and it's interesting that you brought up uh, the the languages taught in school because I was going to ask what subjects are taught in school uh, and how many years of schooling are there. Oh dear God, we study too much. <laughs> too much. <laughs> I think it's too many things. Uh, to, it's uh, we are super overwhelmed. Like the mm. kids are overwhelmed with uh, the amount of classes we have to um we have to learn uh, the lessons we have to learn um so yeah you have croatian let me think uh croatian uh obviously yeah. uh, math 
geography depends. So we have eight years of primary school, four years of high school, and then now I I don't understand this system. Now it's three three or four years of college, and okay. then you can go to masters one one or two years, and then right. doctorate if you want. Because now we have a different system. Um, but um, let's say in primary school, obviously we didn't have as many classes and as in high school, sure. and also the high school depends where you go. You have like vocational schools where you specialize in a certain area mm-hmm. or gymnasium where you have broader knowledge of things right um, so uh, so yeah there's um creation math geography chemistry physics so later on we had psychology sociology a language is uh, english and then you could opt out for a second language so okay. it was either italian german or French, um, French was the smallest group. I picked it, of course, <laughs> because my sister and brother live in France, so I always wanted to learn. Um, but most people pick Italian or German because it makes sense. We have a lot of people. A lot of people go to Germany to work, or Austria, right. or Italy, and we have also Italian, Austrian, uh, and German tourists coming here, so they right. need, they need it for work. Um, and I personally went to classical gymnasium, so I studied Latin and all Greek. Wow. Yeah. And it was insane. And art, we also have art, music. I had like 18 subjects at one point. Uh, so like from at once? 15 to 18 subjects oh per year. Oh my gosh. We, I mean, so we, we usually were... have six subjects per year, six to eight subjects per year. Yeah, we would be then... spend like half a day in uh, school, like oh from eight gosh. to two. So do you think that more people in Croatia speak English or German? English. English, okay. percent Because, and that's the difference between other countries who, which dub their TV. Uh, oh. A lot of uh, Italy, France, um, and Germany, probably Austria too, not all programs, but most of their TV shows and films are dubbed. Yeah, which in means... In their language, so they're not exposed yeah. to the language. Yeah, which dubbed means that uh, the audio has been recorded in that language. Yes. For anybody that doesn't Actors. know. It's not just subtitles at the bottom that's in no, the language. No, there's no it's, subtitles. There's no subtitles. They just record the audio in that language. Yeah, they Whereas actually here, even, like, it's super weird to see, yeah. like, here, like, I don't know, Tom Cruise speaking German, and it's like, yeah. what? Yeah. Um, very strange. Uh, but in Croatia, no, we've been listening to English... Since we were kids, like right. I learned most of the things that I know now from TV, actually, yeah. slang and all of that, um, because we had subtitles. So usually, if I can also choose, I can. I always put English subtitles, so then I mm. know what's being said. But we listen to English so much um, that it's so almost... that's dominant. But then second one would be German. That's for sure. Interesting. Also depends which area of Croatia. Right. I think in South, a lot of people speak Italian probably too. Interesting. Very cool. Yeah. Okay. I wanted to ask what values are really culturally important to Croatians? I was thinking about, um, like, it's very well known that for Mexicans, it's family and machismo. And so I was thinking, I was thinking if there's anything similar to that values that are just really culturally important in Croatia. Yes. Yeah. Same Catholic vibe. Uh, yeah. The it's Croatia is, uh, I think, ninety five percent Catholic. So it, like okay. religion is very very important. So yeah, family, um, religion. Um, what were you saying? Machismo. Yeah. Uh, actually, yeah. Patriarch. Patriarch. How do you say? 
patriarchy. 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 Yeah. Patriarchy. And we're fighting it, actually. Like, I, <laughs> I think we all are. I, I think it's everywhere. Yeah, like, I can't relate. <laughs> Fight to, the patriarchy. Yeah. <laughs> totally, man. Yeah. I mean, it's really hard. Um, yeah, because they're, they're like encouraging family values, but yeah. at the same time, patriarchal family values. So yeah. women are not really like protected right or respected and that's kind of the catholic yeah aspect playing in there yeah yeah and it's there's a lot of weirdness if you're any other spiritual like uh if you have any other spiritual path or if you're like doing yoga and stuff it, not everybody a lot of people they're, they're more open now of mm -hmm. course but there are still people who are very very rigid about those things and right. will be against it yeah and of course uh, against abortion all of this like yeah again anti-gay like very right. very i think judgmental but yeah. these are the values here mostly conservative yeah yeah pretty conservative not not as conservative as like poland sure it's still yeah. more chill chill you know it's yeah. very much more easygoing but still it's deeply rooted in the culture yeah right um and then I was going to ask, you've touched on this a little bit, but how does the history of Yugoslavia influence Croatia today? And how do Croatians see themselves differently than Bosnians, Montenegrins, Macedonians, Slovenians, and Serbians? It's okay. Hard question. Yeah, and I know. I hard tell question. You, I will tell you that my... I cannot speak for everyone. Of course not. My view will be definitely different from some people's views mm -hmm. because uh, I'm half Serbian. Okay. So, um, yeah. <laughs> some people will tell you that Yugoslavia was terrible, and some people will tell tell you that it was the best time ever. Mm -hmm. um, the union actually functioned kind of like an European Union, but it was a socialist system. We were independent republics within a union with one currency, which was dinar. So we, Croatia existed before, right. the borders were clear, and then, of course, there was the war, and then we separated. Right. I mean, uh, how do we relate to other cultures? I definitely think there is a big difference between, there are some things that are similar, but there's a lot of things that are different from our cultures. Right. Uh, Slovenia is, like, closer to Austrian mentality. Mm -hmm. We are somewhere in the middle, I think. Um, like around Zagreb it's maybe closer to Austria but there's still a lot of Mediterranean vibe and we're maybe closer to Italian right. kind of way of thinking it depends also yeah depends on which part of Croatia yeah there could be not with all people a lot of there's a lot of tolerance these days but there's still a lot of people who hold a lot of resentment towards Serbia mm. So not everybody will be too eager to... Why is there resentment towards Serbia? <clears throat> we were in war with them, so, you know. Okay. Because, yeah, the, the Yugoslavia and Yugoslavia breaking up was not a big part of our history classes. Yeah, so yeah. It's, um, it's a confusing thing uh, to speak about. I think it's... When we talk about war, I think it's really important to have an open mind and try to see different perspectives. If I can tell you anything from my perspective 
as a person who went through this process mm-hmm. is that it's never black and white. There's so many angles that in different versions of the story. Right. Um, so it's hard to explain. And, sure. and my perspective is definitely different because I'm half Serbian. So yeah. You're kind of the bridge between the the two perspectives. So I'm like personally open to all uh, cultures. Mm -hmm. But yeah, and Bosnians, uh, they're really fun and friendly (laughs) people. But again, they're like, there's the difference between religions as well, because the Serbian and I think Macedonian are Orthodox. And then Bosnia is a Muslim. And then... Croatia and Slovenia are Catholic. Interesting. So there are definitely differences. And uh, when you go to Bosnia, it's definitely a different vibe than Croatia. When you go to Serbia, it's definitely a different vibe (laughs) than here. Because uh, I think uh, for me, as um, my opinion, I think that Bosnians and Serbians are more open and more friendly, Mm -hmm. more um, temperament in some ways, very like... Yeah, passionate, passionate people. Uh, and very, very and hilarious, really funny. But you need to know the language to, to understand. To get that, yeah. But there's hilarious, really. That was awesome. That was really great. So I'm going to segue a little bit. As a musician, you've been exposed to a lot of different uh, musical cultures and musicians from different cultures. So I want to talk about that a little bit. I know you've specifically studied Brazilian style music, right? I studied uh, my primary style of music that I do is jazz. Yes. And Brazilian music. And Brazilian. How vital do you think music is to how we think about culture? I think it's really the essence of the culture honestly mm-hmm. because i i always think about the past the tribes you know when we were in tribes this was mm-hmm. a way to com- connect with each other as a community through sound mm-hmm. rhythm and voice like mm-hmm. uh, different sounds that we make and, and with the instruments with our voices and with the uh, drums like mm-hmm. so i think it's a very uh, good way to get to know a culture Mm-hmm. And you can learn a lot about the culture through traditional music. I love exploring different cult- I love world music. So I did study, as, as we were talking before, uh, also Indian music and uh, Spanish, a little bit South American as well. I really love exploring different sounds because, let's say, in Indian music, they even use different re- frequencies of tones. Right. So not, temp- like, uh, how do you call it, tempered to like the piano is tempered to certain frequencies sure um they use different mus- instruments and tune them differently so it's interesting uh, it's interesting and it affects you in a different way and you can yes. feel the emotion and you've worked with musicians from around the world including portugal spain the us the uk france slovenia brazil colombia and croatia how do you think these international collaborations influence the music style well, definitely they influence yeah. because everybody has their own thing they bring to the table. As I always say, you know, when I work with my singers, um, all the music that you've been exposed to is your musical vocabulary. So right. use it. You know, you have already more than you think because mm-hmm. whatever you've been exposed to, all whatever you've listened in your life, it's going to be in your like little vocabulary book and you can use it. So and musicians too, you know, like whatever they've learned, whatever they listen to, right. 
they will you can feel it you can hear what they've listened to and yeah. i love listening to live music or well live music but also also recorded and hearing different musicians and hearing how in the way i can hear from the way they're playing what styles they've listened to what they like because right. uh, it's yeah you can you can it tell <laughs> i think it's can you say enrich enriches yes enriches yeah enriches the um, the project if you're doing a project together let's say yeah. um, it could be very interesting yeah um, i've been in many situations like this i've had many projects where we had people from all different cultures mm. even in my band now in france we have one guy who's half australian half french one is mm. colombian i think one is french uh, we have a russian girl wow. uh, so yeah uh, but we all play jazz so yeah. we know the jazz language right so we will honor that and we will honor the pieces that we're going to choose um the the, tune, the tunes that we're going to pick and the arrangement but of course in their solos or stuff like that they can they're free yeah. to express themselves express themselves in any way they like yeah and it's very much appreciated that's what i love about jazz because there is this freedom of expression mm. and so you have a lot of space to play around and that's what makes it beautiful i think mm. i love mixing cultures like for me that's what i love most about paris is because there's people from all over the world and i think it makes us it helps us grow as humans like mm. and opens our perception and and you learn a lot of things through that yeah. Oh, that's so cool. I know. I, I love jazz personally. I love jazz. Yeah, I do, too. do you notice anything that these musicians from different cultures do differently in terms of process? Like, <laughs> is there a different approach to, yeah. to the process <laughs> based on where somebody's from? Yeah. Like, like Brazil, like Latinos will be generally late. Slow, <laughs> just the attitude and more like let's let's play blah yeah. let, let we're probably like americans will be probably very professional on point mm. and will come prepared oh cool yeah you guys have a high level man like we cannot live up to that but it's very inspiring to me uh like and british as well i think mm. and probably german there will be they will read the charts before they will come ready they will be like i got right. this and like come and like perform as it should be done well my french will probably also be like you know, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah just la there. latin latin yeah it's a cultural thing but yeah. you know you just have to be patient and tolerant and, <laughs> and gently introduce some um, authority as a leader <laughs> in a kind and loving way you know just yes, to get stuff yeah. done go to concerts yeah listen to different concerts mm. check out and support musicians and live mm. music i would say go support live music really yeah because that's how you will learn yeah and it's the best because it's always different and it's like a unique moment in time that mm. will never happen again the same that's why i appreciate it the most yeah yeah that's beautiful yeah um, so you moved to Portugal to study um, from jazz masters. Was that the first time you've moved to another country? Um, how did you feel? Were you nervous or excited? Yeah, I was nervous. <laughs> I actually moved there just because I wanted to move out of the country. And okay. luckily, I was I was lucky to have a lot of amazing musicians there that I could work with and learn from. 
I did live in Poland for like a month before, so and I traveled all over Europe. So I did spend a lot of time abroad, uh, but moving to another country, yes, it was freaking scary to buy a one-way ticket. Right. Because I had no idea. But I did a lot of preparation, so it was not as scary. And I knew already a lot of people when I got there. So I actually pre- prepared the ground before. Like it yeah. took a year to really prepare everything before I actually got there. So once I got there, I had like everything. I had an apartment. I had friends. I had a lot of things already That's settled. Good. But yeah, I didn't know the language, um, new culture for sure. Yeah, it was uh, definitely scary. Also living on my own for the first time, for real, like in an apartment. <laughs> sure. Well, not alone with roommates, but still, yeah, without parents. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, I did um, live in, in Warsaw uh, for a month on a scholarship that was like a language thing. Because oh. I did study Polish at the university. Uh, but that was like in a dorm. But this was the first time I actually rented an apartment. Uh, but because I had been already exposed to many cultures before and I knew Portuguese and I've been to Portugal a few times, it was not super right. weird or too So foreign. how many languages do you speak? Oh my God, let me see. Um, I mean, I'm not going to count like Serbian, Bosnian and all that, but right. we do understand each other. Like, yeah. So yeah. So let's say Croatian native. Uh, from foreign languages, we have English, Portuguese... Through Portuguese, I actually started speaking Spanish. I have never learned Spanish, but actually Spanish is very similar to Portuguese. You just mm. change the pronunciation a little bit yeah. and some words. So I'm, I'm going to say we say Portinol. It's mixed between Portuguese Got and uh, Espanol. I used to be fluent in Italian. I would probably need a day or two to get back into it because now I'm mixing everything. Right. Um, French and Polish. Wow. I did study with Japanese, but I would not <laughs> brag about that because I can only say like Batashiva Mai Des, which is I am Maya and that's it. Okay. And I studied Dutch as well. I like yeah. weird languages, but right. I like some of them stuck. Some of and them. And you said not. in school you had Greek and Latin as well. Old Greek and Latin. Old Greek and Latin. Okay. I loved it actually. Latin is really nice. I'm really sad that we we don't speak the language. Mm. Funny enough, I studied Latin when on my own um, when I was younger because I loved it so much. Yeah. And I never got to practice it. So, I mean, don't say anything now. No, no, you don't know. speak it. We, you learn it through translation. And I think what a mm. boring way to learn a language. Be- just because it's dead, uh, can't we make it living? Like, I would love to have a conversation yeah. in Latin. Can we bring it but back? We were, it was so boring because we literally learned it through translating, which wow. I was able to do. But, like, I would like to say those words. Yeah. So I actually did something. Uh, we had an ancient, ancient drama class. So we were doing, like, Greek and Roman tragedies and comedies. So uh, we did use, not Latin, unfortunately, but we did use ancient Greek and even new Greek because we performed in Athens. Wow. And we spoke parts of the text in Greek. And that was cool because like, yes, we're we're speaking the language. And that was... That is so cool. I know, yeah. That is really cool. But Latin helped me with Latin languages, with Roman languages, because it's it's the same root. So yes, Mm -hmm. it was easier. Yeah, Yeah. that definitely helps. So you did learn Portuguese, but you learned before you were there? No. I learned while I was there. While you were there, okay. On my own, on my own. How long did it take you to learn? I mean, I think with, well, well, after a year I was speaking it fluently. Maybe half a year. I didn't dare to speak, by the way. For me, the most important thing when I learn a language 
first is listen. Mm. Listen, 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 so I can get get the language, get the melody in my brain. Uh, because, uh, for example, in Portugal specifically, but also in Brazilian Portuguese, is different. They connect a lot of words. Right. So you like it took me a while to understand. Wait, which which word is this? And the pronunciation is so different. Yeah. And that was the same in French. Uh, I had to listen, listen, because I would let's say in metro, you in Paris, I see a metro station, and then the the voice on the speaker would say the name of the station, and I would see the written word and hear what they said, and we're like. What? That's not what is written. <laughs> That's so, what it says. <laughs> I know. So it, it took me months to be like, oh, right. Okay. So once I got it and then on my own, I was studying like grammar mm-hmm. and just listening to the words. And then I would just start speaking somehow. <laughs> you know? It's interesting. You said the, the get the melody of the language in your head. So yeah. do you think of languages similarly to how you think of music? Yeah. it's a, Every language has a melody for yeah. sure. And sounds like the there's, yeah, I hear the melody. Yeah. Listen to the melody of the, and the rhythm. While you were living there, did you experience culture shock? No. No. No, I felt at home, really. I felt so good in Portugal. Yeah. I actually went to Portugal before to see how I feel. Yeah. I've met Portuguese people before, and I always thought they were super nice. So they're like, oh, they're nice. You know, good weather, yeah. see, like, could be nice, good food. Yeah. Uh, so, but I was like, let's just check it out. So I went to Lisbon, Porto, and Faro. And I just wanted to feel the vibe, and I loved it. It was totally my vibe, and I picked the Faro Indian because I had more friends there. I met the most people that I met were living there. Right. So I figured, let's try living in a small town, and it. I figured it would be easier to, like, find, just to get started. And then I thought maybe I would move later, but I just... Everything started working out, so I had no motivation to move anywhere else. It was just so nice, actually, to live in Portugal. Oh. I might go back. I'm I'm really thinking about that. So you were sad to leave? No. At the time, actually, I I really felt it was necessary for me to leave because in Faro, I mean, south of Portugal, it was very slow. Yeah. Slow life. And I was in my 20s, so I was like, yeah, get you done. You know, I <laughs> really was on fire. I was like, I can't. I don't have time for this, dude. Like, I... I got to fulfill my dreams and my goals and my career. Right. And it was just too, too slow. But I said always, I will be back when I do my thing, yeah. when I can be more relaxed. Because it's a more chill place. Right. Lisbon and Porto probably more dynamic. But like sure. in the south, it's more like... It's chill. Yeah. Laid back. Laid back. Oh, very yeah. Chill. Very nice. So when and why did you relocate to Paris? I relocated to Paris in 2014. There was no reason really for me to go there, uh, but I basically evaluated my life. I accomplished a lot of things and then I realized, okay, I feel like I've done everything I could in this country, Mm -hmm. in Zagreb. And technically I could have continued just doing the same thing um, like as I did. Right. It was a good life. I was doing everything related to music. I had a radio show. I had I was working in a school, singing, singing lessons. I was performing. I was really one of the most booked artists here. So I was like, I had work. Yeah. I have my apartment. There was really no need for me to go. 
um, but I I just wanted to see if there was something else bigger because sure. this was just like routine, and I don't like routine. <laughs> I don't like to <laughs> like to shake things up. <laughs> I don't like when things are always the same. And actually, I stayed longer than I thought in uh, Zagreb because I was meant to come from Portugal, stay a few months, and go to Barcelona or mm-hmm. England or somewhere else. But I kind of got stuck here because. Work was really going well. Like my career as a singer really wow. took off and I couldn't stop the momentum. It would have been a bad idea. Yeah. So by the time I accomplished all those things, then I felt like there's not much more I can do here. Yeah. So I decided to go to Paris and I actually wanted to live. My sister asked me, if you could choose anything, where would you live? And I said, actually, I couldn't pick one location. I want right. to live in three. So I wanted to live in part-time in Zagreb because I still had some um, some projects going on. I wanted to live part-time on the coast. And then I wanted to pick another big, a bigger city, European city, for right. the third location and main location. And I wasn't sure where, but I went to visit my sister. Actually, going there, I hated Paris. Really? <laughs> I've been in Paris a long time ago. I hated it. I came there, I was like, I hate Paris, I'm just going to see my sister. And then I got there, I was like, why do I hate Paris? It's really <laughs> nice. But a lot of things changed, and also I changed. I was a sure. different person, because when I was there, I was a kid, I was with my brother, and he and I, we don't have much in common, I was bored to death. Yeah. So, But me and my sister, we're closer, and so it was definitely more fun when I was older, grown up, when I could go around, and, yeah. and people were super nice, and I was like, wait what i love this city (laughs) this is great and also as a jazz artist it was like oh my god this is actually perfect so that's and i also wanted to live in the same country as my brother and sister because we have brother and have sister they grew up in france and i grew up in croatia so we actually did not live in the same country for most of our lives so that was Uh, kind of another big reason why very cool yeah um and i actually went for like four day four months just test it out never regretted it it was the best decision of my life and how does the jazz scene in paris compare with other cities you've been to it doesn't compare it doesn't compare no it's isn't it so much better in europe it's european new york wow honestly maybe berlin london london and berlin would be my other two cities for jazz i mean not to say you don't have another place you have but like yeah. Paris has a really strong jazz scene. A lot of jazz clubs. It's very appreciated and respected music. Yeah. Because the French love high quality anything that is high quality. Right. They appreciate quality in general in food, in uh, wine, in in music, in culture, yeah. everything. And so jazz is actually on that high level. Whereas in Croatia, they're like jazz. <laughs> they don't understand what the hell it is. They don't. Right. They can't even comprehend this music, and we don't even have a jazz, a, a jazz club in in Croatia. Yeah. In the whole country. Wow. So. Wow. Uh, wow. We we don't even have a bar where we have a, a real piano. It's actually considered like demanding if you ask for that. Wow. In Paris, you have re- a real piano, whether it's upright yeah. or grand piano, in almost every bar (laughs) so uh, it's uncomparable yeah this is a kind of a big question i think it's going to be our last one because we're running a little short on time can you compare and contrast croatian french and portuguese culture a little bit since you've lived in all three oh definitely one thing that is in common i think all three cultures are have a mediterranean spirit 
So we all three love to enjoy life, enjoy food and wine. And like, I had really good food and wine in all three countries. Um, Croatia, less, but still good food. I mean, just not my kind of food. Right. Because I'm a vegetarian. (laughs) But nevertheless, there is good food here too, because we have high quality um, as well, um, ingredients like produce and Mm. all that. And we produce our own wine as well. Then Portugal and France have in common the love of art. I felt also very much appreciated as an artist in Portugal. Right. Everybody was an artist. Like even I came to Faro, which was, which had at the time 40,000 inhabitants. Like all of them were artists. I mean, I don't know. Like it was really nice and I felt really appreciated. And I may be the language, even though it's really different, but the root of the language, again, similarity with Portugal and France. Because they're both romance languages. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of uh, Portuguese people live in France, actually. Anything that stood out to you as being really different? The behavior, I guess. Okay. So like Croatians, as I said, very honest, real, direct. Mm -hmm. French, also real, but can be... Like, I I find French very polite. Mm -hmm. Like, they might not always smile at you. I find that they do smile. But some people will tell you, no, they're arrogant. You know, they're maybe a little bit arrogant because Mm -hmm. they do think they're above everybody. Um, And I think they have a point because, I mean, mean, in many ways, because they have, we were talking about it in the last few days, that they're really, they have the best cuisine. Let's face it. I mean, a lot of things there are really, like, pioneers and really on top of their game and even in football but i feel they're polite yet kind of again depends on the part of the country for all three countries depends on which region that will also differ sure um and then portuguese are just really nice and chill and friendly (laughs) people i love them the most honestly so it's kind of a scale you've got like croatia down on one end and then france in the middle and portuguese on the other portuguese the best portugal the best the best and especially in the south i think you will feel very welcome, I think, in Portugal. They're just mm. really nice, warm, friendly, welcoming people. Very human. They want to connect. They love music and the good food and the sun and the beach. I mean, like, you can't be depressed there, I mean, yeah. honestly. Thank you so much, Maya. This has been awesome. I feel like we probably could have kept talking for another hour. Yeah. But thank you so much for for joining us for this and taking the time out of your busy schedule to interview with us. Thank you for inviting me. Of course, it's a pleasure. I love talking about all of these things. Yeah. So yeah, it was super fun. All right, neighbors, thanks for joining us today. If you heard something you liked, please support the show by hitting the subscribe button and reviewing us wherever you listen to podcasts. You can find takeaways from today's show in the show notes, and you can find more information about the podcast and show notes for each episode on carsoncosta.com forward slash podcast. Please send us your questions, comments, and suggestions. You can email us at nto at carsoncosta.com, find us on Facebook at NTO pod, or find us on Instagram at next town over podcast. We would love to hear from you. We'll be back next week to keep making your world a little smaller.